Welcome to episode 29 of Finding Middle Path, a podcast about all things DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and the resources around it. I'm your host, Rachel Jolstrom, and I'm a therapist who practices in the Kansas City area. So today we're going to continue to talk about skills. We just finished up the last skill in emotion regulation, and we're moving into interpersonal effectiveness. So I hope you stick with us to talk all things DBT. Welcome back. As you know, we have podcasts that come out every Friday and we either have them about skills or we have them about resources. We've had a few resources that have come up. And as I've said in the past, if I get a little excited, I try to put one out on Mondays, but look for them for sure on Fridays. So be sure to subscribe. If you're looking for any of the charts or graphs or stuff that we go over um, in the podcast, you're welcome to check those out at findingmiddlepath.com. That is our blog site. We also have resources and yes, there are affiliate links, which helps to keep this podcast going. So as I've just finished saying, we are done with emotion regulation, as I'm hoping many of you have gotten an opportunity to apply many of the skills you've just learned, and we're moving into interpersonal effectiveness. Now, many of you are wondering, what does it mean to have interpersonal effectiveness? Well, according to DBT and Marsha Linehan and various sources, this is really where we're concentrating on having those healthy relationships that we strive so much to have. Oftentimes we're very reactive. We cause bad boundaries. We don't protect ourselves. We actually self implode or we actually destroy relationships with self-sabotaging behaviors. And it's important for us to recognize, of course, everything that we've learned up to now, the mindfulness, distress tolerance, and as we just finished, the emotion regulation, they all start to, again, build on each other, but this is where they actually get to be put into life circumstances. So here we go. Why is it that we typically do not have good, healthy relationships? And what is com- what is stopping us from having those good, healthy relationships? Well, for one, it's lack of those skills. We don't know what we don't know, right? We then have the worried thoughts that come along with any kind of social situation or any kind of relationships. We ruminate about everything that could go wrong or everything that we've said in relationships. We then have the high or the uncontrollable emotions. Now, with what we've just learned in emotion regulation, we are definitely starting to see those come to light and where they have probably been problematic in past relationships. And again, we don't know what we don't know. We also have that others get in our way. We have other controlling people in our lives because we don't set good boundaries and they tend to intervene or interfere with relationships. We also simply forget that long-term goals um, are often traded for short-term goals. So we sometimes sacrifice the short-term wins for those long-term wins. So we take the person who is giving us the attention now who might be unhealthy and we oftentimes neglect those relationships that are probably healthy for us long-term but might not be as exciting or 
might not give the same energy that we've looked for in the past. We also don't believe that we deserve healthy relationships. Somewhere along the line, we have written a narrative in our mind that makes us believe that we just attract bad relationships and we don't deserve them. And this is just who we are and what we get. And then the last but not least is our environment. Our environment is either not allowing us to have thriving, healthy relationships, or it's teaching us that this is just, again, all that we know. Remember, your environment that you know, it's not bad versus good. It's more of just what you know. And so again, we have to change what those that knowledge is in order for us to start to see a bigger picture. Now, Marsha lends a helping hand for us to really start to set goals for having really strong interpersonal effectiveness. So this is where we learn how to be skillful in getting our needs met from others and how do we ask for what we need or what we want. Yes, you can ask for what you want and you can ask for what you need. Oftentimes it's learning about how to ask for it in a skillful way. Hopefully during this process, you're starting to understand what your needs are and how to understand how they are needs. We've also are starting to realize what wants are. Remember, we talked about developing pleasant activities and experiences and emotions. And oftentimes we didn't realize that's what we want or that's what we want to carve out time for. Remember, this is how we're not only learning about ourselves, but we're learning how to ask for things skillfully. We're also going to learn how to build those healthy relationships, how to end destructive ones, and how to handle those difficult people that are in your life. What I tell clients oftentimes is that we have toxic people in our lives at various times. There's no way we can cut all of those people out of our life. As much as we want to think that we probably could, no, we cannot. There will consistently be difficult people in many areas of our life, whether it be work or family. That's a huge one, right? Could be friends or roommates, um, bosses, landlords. It doesn't matter who. There will consistently be difficult people in your life and knowing how to deal with those people is very important. It not only makes you feel strong or skillful when you walk away, you then start to realize that it might be you who is being skillful, but it's definitely not them being skillful. And it really is helpful to not personalize everything or every situation that comes your way. It's also important to learn how to walk middle path. So how do you maintain that balance and acceptance and change that are in relationships? Remember, they're not always on the same page where you are. And there still might be growth that's happening. So really recognizing and understanding what those look like, especially in a relationship situation. So let's go on and talk about some of those beliefs, the statements that we have about ourselves, oftentimes that get in our way of interpersonal effectiveness. Now, the reason why it's important to identify these is to eventually call them out Remember, we've talked about destructive thinking in the past. And one thing we have not gotten to, but I can't wait till we get to talking about trauma, but it's really understanding how to rewrite negative beliefs about self. It's important to understand and become aware of those negative beliefs about self along the way. 
so that we can start to understand what is that core belief that you've had about yourself and how they've been developed along the way. How do we rewrite that? And how do we now choose a new positive belief that we tend to begin to believe about ourselves? It feels very hokey and untrue and unavailable to do those things. Yet, from many of you who know what I'm talking about, most of this is an EMDR concept. And with this concept, it's really important to identify any sort of negative belief about yourself so that we now can change it. But let's discuss a few statements that we probably have about ourselves and relationships that tend to get in our way. So the first one is, I don't deserve to get what I want or need. I think oftentimes this is a really big one that comes up. I'm not going to ask for it. It's too much work. I'm just not going to do it. The second one, saying no to someone is selfish. We're going to talk a lot about saying no and setting boundaries eventually. And as you probably remember, one of my very first resources associated with this podcast is the book Boundaries. We're going to talk a lot about that. Number three, I must be inadequate if I can't take care of myself. That's a big one. And for many of us who've grown up in trauma, that comes up a lot. Number four, if I ask for something, I must be weak. Number five, they should just know what I need. Number six, others don't deserve for me to be skillful. Number seven, revenge will feel so good. I don't care about my consequences. Number eight, I shouldn't have to negotiate to get what I want. Number nine, if they say no, it will feel terrible. And number 10, I don't need to be nice to get what I need. So as you can see, maybe hear and identify with some of those statements. Oftentimes, it does feel very defeating. Like, why, why would I even be skillful? What's the point? And remember, that's really cutting off your nose to spite your face. That is a cognitive distortion. We really need to call that out and make sure that we're aware of we're really sh- we're selling ourselves short and cutting ourselves short. So let's kind of, this is the better half. And this is a really, th- this is the stuff I want you to write down and remember as we go through interpersonal effectiveness. These are the cheerleading statements we really need to have. So number one. I will survive if I get told no. How many of you can think of a situation where you were told no and everything was okay? In fact, you figured it out, you were resilient, and you were pushed to actually meet a need within your own life. And so maybe the no was to your benefit. Number two, I am under no obligation to say yes to anyone. I cannot wait for us to really hammer that home and it becomes a statement you believe. I am under no obligation to say yes to anyone, including family, including your boss, including your husband, including your children, including fill in the blank. No obligation. Obligation is the big word. Number three, I deserve to get what I need. Absolutely There are no ifs, ands, or buts here. This is just, I deserve to get what I need. Number four, my long-term goals and values make me feel better about short-term decisions. You are a better 
decision maker when you know what you want long term and you know what your values are, the things that define you, you make better decisions. Those decisions are revolving around those two things. And so short term decisions really are made a lot faster. And number five, asking for something with and being assertive means it is important to me. Now, assertive is a really important word here. We're not talking about aggression. We're talking about assertiveness. This is an area where we all probably need to develop a little bit of tact and understanding. And again, there is a skill that really expands on this more. Did you hear a statement that made you feel hopeful about interpersonal effectiveness? That's the key here. That's what cheerleading statements are. They're not only setting the tone and setting the goal, but it's actually helping you to be champion to understand, again, long term. So I hope that you enjoyed a little bit of this quick overview of the goals and the cheerleading statements, the things that tend to get in our way, the reason why we're even here in the first place. Remember, again, we don't know what we don't know. It's a very simple construct. So remember, as you're going through these skills, you are being challenged to not only be aware of the things that have not happened in your life, yet you're asking yourself to change the things that you want to be different. Change is not easy. Remember, with the DBT construct or with the principles, we're asking you to do some change and some acceptance, not all or nothing, okay? So this should not be a ton of change overnight. This is baby steps along the way. Well, I do hope that you enjoyed our podcast today as we will talk next time about the infamous deer man skill. I think it looks a lot like a formula. And for many people, it does act that way when we're asking for something. It is, of course, an acronym as a lot of DBT skills are. So remember, this is not a replacement for therapy. I want you to get plugged into a therapist in your area and you can use wonderful tools like Psychology Today or BetterHelp.com. You can also use things like Open Path Collective and find a therapist who is at a reduced rate who is fully licensed. At this time, yes, many therapists and many psychiatrists are full. Do not let that discourage you. There are tons of resources available. Just be patient. If you need any help, please reach out to us at findingmiddlepath.com as we would be happy to help. Remember, I'm only licensed in Kansas and Missouri. So if you are wanting an appointment with me, you're welcome to also reach out to us at findingmiddlepath.com. Thank you, everyone. And I can't wait to talk about the Deer Man skill next week. So follow in, subscribe, and I will talk with you next week. Thanks and have a great day.